Hey, my name is Gabby. I am one of the pastors here at Cedar Mill, and I'm so glad to see you all. I will be sharing the message with you this morning, and I'm really excited about that. As you know, we are in our third week of our family series. The first week we had Carl preaching from the perspective of a grandfather. Last week we had Pastor Dave speaking uh, as a middle-aged man, perspective from <laughs> a father. Um, and today I'm going to be sharing a message from the perspective of a daughter. And if you think about it, that is really the only perspective I have. <laughs> I am not a wife yet. I am not a mother yet. All I am is a daughter. And so it makes sense for me to speak from this perspective. As a daughter, when I think about family, I automatically think about mom and dad and my sisters. And Dave and I, we agreed that all of us would show family pictures. So here's a picture of my family. That's them. Uh, on the far left is my mom. Her name is Selena. She has been here many, many times. So most of you have seen her before. Next to her is my little sister, Ana Laura. She recently moved back to my hometown, but for the last 10 years, she had been suffering in Cancun. Poor thing. <laughs> The girl in the middle is my big sister. Her name is Selena as well. That is very common in Mexico to have the same names, mom and daughter and dad and son. Her name is Selena. She has three children. You can only see two of them because the one that she is carrying in her belly, well, it's not in her belly anymore, but I just don't have a picture of everyone. You're just going to have to imagine him. The girl I'm carrying is her daughter, Valentina. I kind of feel sad for my sister because every time people see me and my sister and Valentina, everybody thinks that Valentina is my daughter and not hers because she looks a lot like me. It must be the huge eyes that she has. Uh, the little dude is Josue. That is uh, Joshua in Spanish. And the guy that you can't see is Daniel. I owe you a picture. He's really cute too. Next to me is my dad. He is my hero and his name is Victor. He's also been here before. Maybe some of you have met him. This is my family, and they are the most precious thing in the world for me. My family plays a huge role in my life, and the older I get, the more I realize what a huge influence they've had and continue to have in my life, especially mom and dad. And I can tell you that today, uh, my mom and dad, they are my closest friends. They know everything about me. My life is an open book to them. I talk to them practically every day, and if we cannot talk over the phone, we at least WhatsApp, we just touch base. Every day, they are my biggest supporters and cheerleaders. Uh, I go to them for advice, I go to them when I'm happy, and I go to them when I cry, which is often. And the reason why I'm telling you this is not to show off how amazing my family is, although I do think it's a wonderful family. The reason why I'm telling you this is to show you how far we've come with the grace of God. Because for many, many years, my relationship with them was almost the exact opposite of what I just described. Our relationship was broken, it was difficult, it was hard, and there was a lot of pain involved. And those are some of the things I wanna share with you today. 
because something that I've learned in my walk with Jesus is that when we give him the opportunity to go into those places of pain and hurt, we have uh, the opportunity as well to experience beautiful things such as forgiveness, redemption, restoration, joy, and that's definitely the case with my family experience. So I hope that what I share uh, blesses you this morning. And what I chose to do for this sermon was, uh, I know I told you there's a lot of pain involved, so I thought, well, instead of giving you a long list of all the things my parents did wrong, which is obviously a horrible idea, as tempting as that is, I thought it would be better to share some of the things I've learned as a daughter. And I decided to write those things down in the form of a letter. But this is not a typical letter. What I did was to think about my upbringing, living in my parents' home, and I thought about all the things I went through and how they responded to me. I thought about all the amazing things that they gave me. And I also thought about the things I wish they would have given me and I didn't receive. And with all those things in mind, with the things I know now, I thought, if I could go back in time to the day that I was born and if I could give my parents this letter, a letter with the things I know I'll need from them as a daughter, this is what I would tell them. And before I start reading this letter, I just want to recognize that it is based on my own experience and I know it is limited. And it is addressed to my own parents, but I hope that you can hear it as a letter to all parents. And hopefully there will be something in there for you. And actually, I, I hope and I know there's something for each one of us here really, regardless of whether we have children or not, because we are all children. We all know what it's like to grow up in a family, whatever that looked like. So here we go. Here's my letter to my parents. Dear parents, today we start an exciting journey together. I don't know exactly what it will look like, and I bet you don't know either. My guest is going through a lot of mixed emotions right now. Perhaps you're as excited as I am to finally meet face to face. I have a feeling that you are. But perhaps there's a little bit of fear too or a lot. Holding me in your arms might be one of the greatest feelings in the world, but it might be a little scary too. And you might wonder if you'll, if you'll be a good parent, if everything is going to be okay, okay, or if you have what it takes. But let me tell you this, you are enough for me. And what you are is all I need. Yes, there will be a lot of mistakes along the way, but we must not forget that God is working out his good and perfect plan in us. So do not be anxious about anything. I repeat, mom and dad, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mom and dad, there is nothing to worry about. Who you are will always be enough for me. Having said that, <laughs> there's a few things I'd like you to know about me, particular needs 
I'll have as I grow up as your daughter. First and foremost, I am going to need a lot of love. And right now it might be easy and natural to give it to me because I'm a cute little baby, or at least that's what I'd like to think. <laughs> I'm an innocent baby, small and fragile, and again, very, very cute. <laughs> But I should warn you, I am going to grow up. And there will be times when showing me love will not be easy. I will misbehave and throw tantrums. I will disobey you as often as I can. You will tell me what to do and I will do the exact opposite. And it will go on like that for many, many years. Then one day I will go through puberty. And okay, that one won't actually be my fault. Just saying. <laughs> But I will be difficult to be around. And as a young adult, I will make a lot of poor choices. But I have a big favor to ask you. It really is big, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I know how much I will need this from you. Please show me that you love me no matter what. No matter what I say, no matter what I wear, and no matter what I do. Knowing that I am unconditionally loved by you is one of the greatest needs I will ever have as your daughter. I know this is going to be hard for you, because you'll have to teach me about discipline and obedience. You'll have to tell me when I'm wrong and you'll have to do that often. And that's great, in fact, that's good stuff. Just don't forget to tell me that you love me, please. And let me pause here for a second. You know, every time I look, at back, I look back at all the times that my parents scolded me, I can see that, I can see now that they did it because They loved me, but I can only see that now in retrospect. Back then, it was very hard to know it because it happened, it happened very, very often. I got in trouble for everything. I got in trouble for not eating broccoli and beets, which is very unfair, I think. <laughs> Especially when my mom had the nerve to lie to me and tell me that if I ate beets, my cheeks will naturally blush all pink like a doll, and I ate and ate and ate against my will, and it never happened. Don't lie to your children like that. I also got in trouble for not keeping my room spotless at all times, for not closing the doors of my closet all the way, for not shutting the drawers, for not helping my mom around the house, I got in trouble for not saying yes, mom, and no, mom, every time I responded. I mean, I got in trouble a lot. So naturally, I was rebuked quite often. And again, I'm not saying that that was wrong, but something that my parents forgot to tell me, something that for one reason or another always escaped them, was to tell me how much they loved me. They never said it, not once. All throughout my childhood, my teenage, my, uh, my teens, never. And because they never said it, I didn't know it. I mean, I kind of assumed they loved me, 
because they were my parents and parents do that. But deep inside my heart, there was always doubt. And I still wrestle with that. So that lack of affection, that lack of verbal affirmation, the lack of touch of hugs and kisses created a huge void in my heart and a lot of pain that I also still deal with. And I can tell you that many of my poor choices that I've made, many, many, many of them were the result of me trying to fill that void any way I could. And when I say any way, I really mean any way I could. And some of those choices I took, may, took me to, uh, to pretty bad places, scary places, and some of them pretty dark. And that is not my parents' fault, right? Those were my own choices. They were all my own choices. But it would have helped me a ton to know that I was loved by them. So parents, if I haven't stressed this enough, I'm gonna say this one more time, and please hear this from my heart. We need to know that you love us. We need you to show it through your words, through kisses, through hugs, through any tangible way you can find. We need you to affirm who we are as daughters, as sons, we need you to tell us that you believe in us, that you are proud of us. Because when you do that, it's going to be the best feeling in the world. There is a passage in the Bible where we see God showing this kind of love towards his son in such a beautiful way, and, and it happened during the baptism of Jesus. Do you remember that moment? Scriptures say that Jesus was supposed to do this, Right? Getting baptized was an act of obedience for Jesus. He was following his father's instructions. And he knew that full well. He, he even told John the Baptist, it is necessary for us to do this. And God, the loving father God, instead of looking from the distance and saying, well, that's his job. I expect him to do that. Instead of doing that, he chose to affirm his son and to lavish him with love. And he, he opened up the skies. He made such a big deal out of this. He opened up the skies and with a loud voice, such loud, such a loud voice that everyone could hear him, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I can, I can only imagine what Jesus must have felt when he heard dad his daddy, affirm him and love him like that. What a beautiful picture, right? His dad was proud. He was a proud father. And when Jesus heard those words, he was a happy son. And I know that in this example, Jesus was being extremely obedient. In every example, Jesus is extremely obedient. And we know that that's not always the case with children, which makes things a little trickier. But I want to tell you something that a friend of mine once told me, and I thought was spot on. I asked her what her secret was to being such a great mom. She's my age, and she has four children, and they are wild children, but they have a great relationship with her. So I asked her, Isela, how do you do it? What's your secret? And she said, you know, Gabby, B, 
being a mom is really hard. You go through a lot of pain, but it's also very beautiful to learn and to grow with your kids. And something that I've learned about my children is that when they least deserve my love, that's exactly when they need it most. Wow, <laughs> that's powerful, isn't it? When children least deserve our love, that's exactly when they need it the most. I'm gonna ask you to write that down for me, please, and for your children, and for your nieces and nephews. Write it down, but not just write it down, think about it, and remember it, and apply it, especially when we're being difficult. Okay? Yes? Please? We'll need that. All right, the next thing I would tell my parents may seem contradictory to what I just said, but it isn't. So let me keep reading. Mom and Dad, there is something else I will need from you. I'm a little hesitant to say it, but I know I must. I am going to need a lot of tough love. I'll need, to learn, I'll need to learn about obedience, about respect, about honor, about self-control. My natural inclination will be to go rogue and disobey. But when it comes to discipline, I'll need you to be strong for me. I'll need you to set rules and boundaries for me, especially when I don't know where they should be. So please be strong for me because the kind of person I'll be in the future depends on it. Now, you know how I complained earlier on about my parents? I'm very good at that. Well, I, I do think they were a little bit over the top. They were very strict. They were very, very strict. But if I'm honest with you, I am grateful that they were strict with me for the way they disciplined me. If there is one thing I've learned very early on, it might have been the first thing I learned from them, was that when they said no, they meant no. There was no negotiating, like I see that a lot today, and I'm like, wow, you go kid, I'm glad you can do that. <laughs> I, I was never able to do that. I didn't even try. When they said no, it was no. And I know it sounds like a very small thing, but it is a big lesson for a child to learn. Even as a teenager, it wasn't just me as a child. As a teenager, in my early 20s, I was still at home. Mexican culture, different thing. <laughs> Don't judge me. Even in my early 20s, if my dad said that I needed to be back at home by 10 p.m., I knew that 10.01 would get me in trouble. And it happened a few times. 10.01, I'm not kidding. And I got in trouble. Was that a little much? Yes, it was a little much. Did I learn? Yes, I did learn. We actually have a, our Mexican version of NPR, show that you know, it's broadcasted all throughout the nation. But that one, we only, it's only broadcasted at 10 p.m. At night, at night. And the entire country gets to listen to it, no matter what station you go through. Same thing. It's a bit weird, but even to this day, that's how it is. And I still remember what I felt 
When I was in the car listening to my music, and they, you know, they cut the music. There's no waiting for the song to end. I'll be driving with my friends, and then, bring, bring, bring. the national hour. That's the name of it. La hora nacional. And I would be like, no! <laughs> if I hear that, I, I feel that. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm in trouble. Anyway, they taught me to obey. They were strict. They were very strict, both mom and dad. And I really am grateful for that because I know I needed it. And I know parenting can look like many different things and each kid needs a different thing. And for my personality, that's what I need. But I do want to say a little more, something more to that. I'll keep reading. Mom and dad, I do need to caveat this whole thing on discipline. I am afraid you're going to take it way too seriously. And as important as it is, you can't forget to teach me to have fun and be silly. Encourage me to take risks, even if I fail. I'll learn more by trying and failing than by standing on the sidelines. Don't take my upbringing so seriously that you forget to laugh with me. You don't need to raise me to be perfect. You just need to teach me to be human, fully human. And the best way for me to learn those things is if you lead me by example. Did you know that the, the most wonderful things that I've learned from my parents are not things they've told me. Are, they're things I've seen them doing. Those are the things I've learned the best. I've learned a lot by seeing them uh, trust God and st stand firm in their faith. I've especially learned that from my mother when she spent those nine months next to me in that hospital bed, praying and praying and believing that I was gonna get healed. If you haven't heard my story, at some other time I'll share it again. I've shared it many times. But I've learned, I learned that from her. I've learned a lot uh, from seeing them fail and get back on their feet. I've learned a lot by seeing them rec get reconcile each other when they go through a difficult time as husband and wife. And I've also learned just fun things, things that are part of me today. And one of those cool things is something I, I learned from my dad. And just to give you a little bit of context, my dad, he owns a fairly big company in Mexico. He has about 200 employees from people that have gone to grad school and they hold master's degrees to people that have never been to school and they don't even know how to read and write. And sadly, in my culture, that creates a big, big gap between people. And growing up, I loved to sh I shadow my dad. I, wa I went with him wherever he went. I always said that I was the son he never had. So I would walk with them throughout the company and the big warehouse in the back and there's only guys out there and there's Gabby following my dad. And something that I always notice, something that I notice to this day, is how he treats everyone the same way. Everyone. He, he treats all of them like friends. And every time he greets someone, there is this joy that comes out of him. And I love seeing that in my dad. And I don't think he has ever told me to do that. But all my life, I've seen him doing it. And so I've learned. And talking about leading by example, there is another passage 
in the Bible that paints a beautiful picture for us in this respect. And it happened during the Last Supper. Remember how Jesus washed his disciples' feet before they had dinner? Jesus took care of them and loved them. He literally served them, he washed them. He did all these things for them and then he gave him a speech about what love should look like. He gave him a long list of instructions, rules and boundaries that they needed as children. And something he made sure to tell them was this. He said, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. He led by example. He was a great teacher. The most effective method that Jesus used to teach us about everything, about love, obedience, forgiveness, humility, anything, you name it, his most effective method was his example. He never asked anyone to do something he was not willing to do himself, and people knew that, and so they followed. So this is how I would summarize this point in my letter. Mom and dad, when you try to teach me about life, the things that are good and beautiful and righteous, nothing will ever be as powerful as your example. I know this letter is getting a little long, but there is still one more thing I need to tell you. And I need to say it because I know you'll try really, really hard to be great parents. I know you will do your best to raise me well but I also know that you will make mistakes, lots of them, like I will one day. And as important as it is for me to pay attention to what you have to say and to what you do, there's someone greater in whom I should fix my eyes. The one who is before all things and in whom all things hold together. The great I am, the Prince of Peace the Alpha and the Omega, the source of all good things, my personal advocate and my most faithful friend. Mom and Dad, above all things, teach me to love and follow Jesus. Teach me to go to him, to learn from him, and to trust in him. For in him I will find true life and that will be your greatest heritage to me. These are the things I would tell my mom and dad. In fact, these are the things I have told my mom and dad. None of this comes as a surprise to them. God has given us the opportunity to heal, to restore, to redeem every experience, and to be able to talk about painful things and painful stories, and simply celebrate that God was bigger than that, that God is bigger than that. Because our journey as a family has been painful. It's been very painful. Like I'm sure yours has too. And the examples that I shared with you, they, they barely scratched the surface. I was gonna add something that was gonna be a little too personal. I called my mom. I said, my mom, am I gonna expose you? And she's like, well, you can say whatever you want. And I'm like, I'll hold that one. I want to honor my parents. They are fantastic parents. I love them so much. And I wanna ask you if, 
If there's a family here that is in need of hope or restoration or healing, if there is a marriage here, if there is a mom or a mom and a daughter, a father and a son or the entire family together, I wanna ask you to hold your hands because I wanna, I wanna pray with you and for you. I think that today God has given us a wonderful opportunity to start over, to, to turn to him, to turn from all the things that get in the way, like Pastor Ali was saying this morning. You know, there's, there's things that are getting in the way and to turn to him and to allow him to do his mighty work, to shower us with his love, to show us with the, his example, to redeem all things. So if you, if you wanna start over with them, if your family is not here, if they're not even listening to the sermon, but you want that for yourself, if you, if you want just God for yourself, I'm gonna ask you to pray with me. You can say where you're at. You can raise a hand if you want someone to just put a hand on your shoulder so that we can pray for you. And we're gonna ask God to do great things, mighty things, powerful things. Sounds good? Amen? Amen. Father God, what a wonderful father you are. What a wonderful dad you are. Thank you for loving, for loving us how you love us. Thank you for showering us with your love and your blessings. Thank you for making it for, in such a way, for doing it in such a way that we can feel it and receive it. God, we, we are going through difficult things as families today here and, and all around the world. And God, we need you. We need your help, we need your love, we need your power. And we ask you in this morning, Father, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to intervene, to dwell in our hearts. We receive you as our savior, we receive you as our healer, we receive you as our example to show us the way. We know, God, that without you, we can do nothing. We know that without you, our, our efforts are just human efforts, but with you, they are powerful and they can be miraculous. So God, we want to recognize you. We want to say that we depend on you, that we trust you, that we believe in you, that it is through your love and because of your cross, because of that sacrifice, because of that gesture of love, that we can even pray this prayer. So we receive you, we welcome you, we need you. We ask you to show us the way, in Jesus' name, amen.